Welcome to this episode of Sunday Reprise, where we bring the church to you and deliver nothing but the truth. Brought to you by Maranatha Family Church International Ministries in Davao City, Philippines. We hope this message will bless you. Let's go. As I was praying and and just spending time in the Word today and yesterday, I wanted to share with you uh, kind of a word along with testimonies. And so the, the title of this word might seem a little bit different, but it's called Sweet Home Alabama, being effective no matter where you are. So you should be able to see that slide uh, on your screen, that first slide there. And, and I think John and Pauline will be helping us to uh, uh, move it forward with me as I go along the message. But Sweet Home Alabama, being effective no matter where you are. Let's go to the next slide. Listen, I want to talk about how to be effective. And that's going to be an acronym in a, in a few minutes. I'm, I'm going to share what that means, especially when everything changes for you. Listen, we've all experienced change this past year. Our family had no idea that we were going to leave in the beginning of February last year, go to Japan for three weeks, come to the U.S. We thought we'd be back by June of last year. And now, look, we're in the end of March, almost into April 2021, and so much has changed. So much has changed for many of you in your lives. But listen, there is a way that God has for you and I to continue to be effective no matter what change is going on. You know, somebody said one time that change is here to stay. We're going to have to get used to change. But see, here's the one thing that will never change. Hebrews tells us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. Isn't that news? Listen, what does it mean to be effective? Well, to be effective means producing a decided, decisive, or desired effect, ready for service or action. It's something that we have to choose to do. If we want to be effective, we can't allow our circumstances to determine our effectiveness. You see, greater is he who is in us than he that's in the world. So no matter what is happening in the world, we should be able to say that I, as a son or a daughter of God, am going to be affected. I am going to bring change, no matter what the circumstances. Look, Paul the apostle was in prison, but he was still affected. He was still worshiping. Chains were still being broken. People were still getting saved. Paul was shipwrecked. You know, we can talk about all these things. and Look, Jesus was crucified. But despite being crucified, it produced the greatest effect that the world has ever seen. And for that, you and I have benefited from for eternity. Isn't that good? You know, just this past couple of weeks, there was a fire, as many of you know, in Agdow and Davao City. And 500 families lost their homes close to that, from what I understand. 
I've been communicating with Pauline and our, our, our faith promise feeding program team, Bobby, Anna, Nathan, and Kathy and um, Albert and Lyndon. And, you know, we're, we're so blessed to have these guys working. I want to, I want to say something about them. You know, uh, I have been so blessed you know, sometimes as leaders, we think, oh, we got to be there in order for things to be effective. But I want to tell you what God has poured in to that group of people and poured into you guys at Maranatha Church and, and others that are serving Jesus despite the circumstances. I want to tell you something. We're so proud of you all. And, and as a father, I want to tell you, uh, I, I wish I could give you a hug right now. And, and we will soon. I believe that. But until that point, I want you to hear my words to allow them to give you guys a hug because we love you and we're proud of you. And, and listen, John Valdez, you're doing an awesome job as well, buddy. It was good uh, talking with you and seeing how God's using you. You know, there was this fire recently in Agdow. And it's interesting because in 2009, there was a fire in the same location and we've been ministering in that area for 18 years. And about 230 families lost their homes. And it was very sad. We were able to help rebuild about 30, 34 homes um, at the time. And it, it, was, it was a real challenge. But, you know, when you're in a situation with people, when it's one of those difficult times of their lives, you plant seeds and you show them who Jesus is during that time, they're going to remember that forever. And so that's what I'm thinking at this time is we want to help rebuild houses. And I prayed, I said, Lord, what can we do? We've done this before, but I, I want to know, Lord, what can we do again? You know, I don't have money just flowing all over the place, but Jesus does. And I said, Lord, we got to help not only rebuild homes, but we want to rebuild lives. And if you look at that, slide right there right now you'll see where um you know some of the families are just so disheartened but our team has been going out there uh the burn ministry and and the feeding program folks they've all been going out ministering to people being there right there at the right time and uh as their houses are going to be rebuilt so uh lives are going to be rebuilt i believe that amen and so i was proud I don't know where to go with this. How do we do this? And I was amazed. I put something on Facebook about this. And immediately people started to give. Do you know that so far we have been able to raise $8,000? That's almost 400,000 pesos. I was totally blown away. But see, if we allow our circumstances Oh, I can't be in the Philippines right now. You know, I wish I could, but it's so hard and all those things. But if we allow our circumstances to determine our effectiveness, we'll never be effective anywhere. And so when we pray and we allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us and through us, and we say, God, continue to have your way. I want to be effective for your kingdom, no matter where we are. God does it. Again and again and again. So right now, we're, we're going to start rebuilding at least 15 homes, which I'm so grateful for. And pray with us to be able to do more. Uh, I, I believe we're going to do that. You know, the moment, you can go on to the next slide, guys. The moment we stop serving others, 
we always become focused on ourselves. When we realized that we couldn't get back to the Philippines in June, the reason why we, co- we only come like every two years as a family, and, and in that two-year period, uh, w- when we come back, we only usually stay for about three and a half months in the U.S., and we travel a bunch, preach and teach, and raise funds, and all those things. But when we were coming back in June of last year, that was our plan, it's because our mission visas, which we worked so hard for, it took months to get them. We knew they were going to expire in August. So being that we've been here this long, uh, now our missionary visas actually expire. So, you know, that was challenging and and stuff. And I could have gotten frustrated about paying all that money and working so hard on getting the visas and, and then not being in the Philippines and things like that. But I want to tell you, friend, you know, we've got to walk in the Spirit. We've got to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Because when we do, then no matter where we are, we're at home with Jesus. We're at home with God. Listen, to be a, a people of the, of the kingdom, to be a people, a part of the body of Christ, man, we got to live differently. we got to think differently. we got to talk differently. We've got to show people by example how to be effective. Amen? Listen, becoming focused on ourselves, it always keeps us from focusing on Jesus and serving other people. I'm not saying we shouldn't have self-care and all that stuff, but look, aren't you happy that Jesus didn't put himself first? that he laid his life down for you and me. And because of that, look what we have. We have eternal life. Not only eternal life, we have an abundant life that begins when we're born again. We've been given the power of the Holy Spirit. There's there's so much forgiveness and grace and mercy and power and, and gifts that God gives us that there's no reason why you and I should not be effective no matter where we are. Amen. You know, as we walk in the Spirit, we learn how to live. We, we will live an effective life. The only way you and I can be effective in this world is by walking in the Spirit. We're not in control of our lives. And change can easily discourage the best of us. You know, maybe your job, you were making a lot of money. You, were, you bought a property for a house and you got a bank loan or or, or something, or you made a promise that you're going to see family in another location. And then COVID, maybe you, you had plans to go to school and do all these things. And it seems like life is just on hold. Friend, I'll tell you something. You can't get caught up in the past. You can't get caught up on where you think things could have been or where you think things are going. You've got to walk in the Holy Ghost. You got to be a man or a woman of prayer. We got to keep our face in the Word of God. If anything, on my heart and my prayer is that this past year, that although we've been in our homes and and separated from each other and not able to do the normal things that we want to do, sports were shut down and, and all the normal things that we became so familiar with. If you guys remember, uh, uh, at least for a year, I I, I preached several times. Um, you know, be still and know that I'm God. I will be exalted in the nations. I will be exalted in the heavens. That's what God says. And, and, and when we learn how to be still with God, you know what happens? 
We're not intimidated by the things that happen around us. And we can still be effective and be agents of change no matter where we are. Listen, most Christians become ineffective because they stop living by faith and they don't live a surrendered life to Jesus. They don't put him first. What they want is God to meet all their needs and give them all this money. And and then I'll do something for you, God. But that's not how it works. God says you can't love the world. You can't love money. You can't love yourself more than me. You love the Lord your God first with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Then you love your, your neighbor as you love yourself. In doing so, then no matter what change is happening around us, we'll still be effective. We'll still be rooted. We'll still be producing fruit. Praise God. Listen, it is so possible to be effective in this world as we give everything to Jesus and walk by faith. Listen to uh, the book Philemon, chapter one, verses four through six. And you guys can go to that slide, that next slide there. But it says, Paul says, "I, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers, because I hear about your love for all his, God's holy people, and your faith in the Lord Jesus. I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of everything good we share For the sake of Christ, your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, and he's talking to Philemon, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. What a powerful thing to say about somebody. What would, if, if Paul was writing to you, and your name was on the, instead of the book of Philemon, it was your name there. And he was writing, saying, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your love, you know, that, that you were being effective and deepening uh, the kingdom of God and, and, the, and the furtherance of the gospel of the kingdom. Friend, what about you? Are you being effective? Can, can God rely on you? Look, in hard times where there's real pressure, that's where the real disciples of Jesus Christ rise up. They don't make excuses. They don't get caught up in, uh, you know, pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. Look, I'm fine with people talking about all that stuff. I know Pastor Armin is, is bringing a series on that. But I love that he's talking about all the possibilities because no matter what we think we know, no matter what we think we can prove, and I don't care who talks about it, nobody knows for sure what happened. You might lean in a certain direction, but the fact of the matter is, if, if you get caught up in the signs of the times, if you are reading the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation, but you don't have real revelation of who Jesus is right now, then friend, stop getting caught up in the end time stuff and be caught up with Jesus. Hallelujah. Because it's all about him. And if you and I, are going to be effective in this world. This world doesn't need Christians worried about when Jesus is going to come back. 
This world needs disciples of Jesus that are burning and are on fire for him, that are weeping for the lost, that are choosing to take the gospel out to their neighbor, to the nations, however they possibly can, whether it be in person or online or through monetary gifts or through prayer and intercession. Friend, we cannot give up. We cannot surrender. We must continue to spread the gospel. Listen, Christians were martyred so that you and I can have what we have. And listen, this whole coronavirus, you'll talk to different people and get a lot of different opinions about governments and all the things happening behind the scenes. But I don't get caught up in that stuff, friend, because Jesus is the same to me. And because Jesus is the same, I take my, my, my calling from him. And 2,000 years ago, he said, go, go take to the gospel to all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Ghost. There's never been a time that we should stop that. Now, look, I understand coronavirus is real and people have died and everything. I do think a lot of it is blown out of proportion. And that's not what I'm trying to get into here. But I will say this is that if you stop being an aggressive Christian and you want to pull back and, and get into fear, and you're not obeying Jesus. What are you talking about, Eric? He's not giving you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Either he's the king of kings and lord of lords and the one who sits upon the throne, the one who the angels cry, holy, 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 Lord God, almighty, who was and is and is to come, either that's the one we worship or we worship a weak and anemic God who can't help us through a situation like this. Friend, it's not time to give up. It's time to press in. It's time to get baptized in the Holy Ghost afresh and anew. Amen. Listen, I want to share with you a prophetic word. Some of you guys uh, remember Scott Nary, who came and preached some years back uh, in the Philippines, and he's a good friend of ours. Uh, real prophetic brother, and you guys can go to the next slide. I want to read this slide together with you. And this is a word that Scott Nary gave me in April of last year when we were trying to figure out where to go, what to do. Again, when we got to the U.S. on March 2nd, uh, we had three months of traveling. We were going to be in a church every weekend and planning to come back in the Philippines in June, but all of that got shut down, and uh, we didn't know what was happening next. And so I got prophetic words from three or four powerful brothers and sisters in the Lord. And then Scott Neri shared this word with me in April last year. He said, hey, bro, I've been thinking about you guys. And this is directly the, uh, uh, the message that Scott sent me. He said, I've been thinking about you guys since you're here in America, not allowed to travel. I heard for you the shift that restructures. God is doing a complete new restructuring for you that things that once worked will not. And new plans and strategies are being given to you to start new things. I see media more involved now than ever before. I also see you on God TV somehow promoting what you're doing. Do not lose heart. The slowdown is actually going to speed you up soon. New doors are opening and new partnerships will rise. You will also start a work in the U.S. I do not know the time. It could be year soon or years away. I haven't seen, but I do know that you are smack dab in the sweet spot 
of the will of God. Love you and hope to see you soon. I'm praying this end soon so that we can actually have some larger gatherings. And he was talking about inviting us to come to their ministry in North Carolina. Do you know that when Scott sent me that message, we were staying in it with a family in Pensacola that we had never met before and didn't know. Uh, you probably remember me sharing this story that God divinely connected us with this family. And we stayed with them for about three and a half months, I think it was. And the, the father, the household, the husband and I, uh, his name's Ishmael. We were going, uh, they live on the western part of Pensacola, Florida, which is directly next to the state line to the state of Alabama. And he, Ishmael said, why don't you go with me in a vehicle? I got to go to Alabama to go pick up some things at a store. And I said, sure. So we we're driving together. And I get this message from Scott Neri. And when I look at the message and I read that part smack dab in a sweet spot of the will of God, we're driving down the road at least 80 miles per hour. And if you look on the first um, slide of my uh, message tonight, there's a sign that says, welcome to sweet home, Alabama. As I read Scott's message, I read, you are smack dab in the sweet spot of the will of God. And that, that sign said, welcome to sweet home, Alabama. Do you know that when we got back to Ishmael's house, I still didn't even really realize the address of, of where they were staying. And the address of his home was Sweetheart Lane. Friend, I don't know about you, but that, that's amazing to me. And what God was speaking to us is something that he was going to do in us in the months to come that we had no idea. And we started to travel in the end of June, early July of last year. And as we were traveling, we went up and down the East Coast. We went to New York, New Jersey, Delaware, Maryland, Virginia, Pennsylvania, West Virginia. We went to um, Georgia, North and South Carolina. We went to Alabama, all up and down and across Alabama. Went to Tennessee. Um, we we also went to uh, obviously uh, Florida as well. But we we went to so many places this past year. And then at the end of November last year, we were supposed to go to a church um, in uh, a place called Ackworth, Georgia, just north of Atlanta, Georgia. And I called them just days before, hey, can't wait to see you guys. And they said, hey, bro, we're going to have to cancel. We had uh, several people come down with COVID, and we're going to have to cancel the whole weekend uh, meetings and everything. And they were, we've been trying to meet with them all that year, like three or four different times. And I'm like, man, what are we going to do? So I call up Pastor Jason Duran, who lives in Dothan, Alabama. And I said, Jason, man, uh, look, we're coming your way. Would you like for us to stop through? And I said, yeah, come on in. So uh, we didn't minister on the Sunday. We just ministered throughout the week at men's meetings, kids meetings, in their school with the kids and stuff. And while I was here, Casey and I went on a date with Jason and Kim one night. And they said, uh, yeah, we really want to start a ministry school. And we said, well, why haven't you started one? And they said, well, we just, it's been a little challenging and different reasons they needed help. And I said, well, look, we're in the States. 
we would love to help you guys plant this school if it works out. I said, if you can help find us some place to stay. So at the end of December, we moved to Dothan, Alabama, where now we are living in the sweet spot of the will of God, a word that God gave us back in April. And we are living in sweet home, Alabama. And so it's pretty wild and amazing. So we've been living here and traveling in and out from here the last three months. Why am I sharing this with you? Because friends, we're being effective no matter where we are. Look, let's go to the next slide. Um, I, I already shared that with you. Where, where is exactly home for Christians? Well, you know, Paul says that our citizenship is in heaven. When we're born again, we are automatically citizens of heaven. We're not from this world anymore. Though we have flesh and blood and we were born here and we'll die physically here, we'll live forever with Jesus. You know, Abraham, when God called him to go start his mission, he became a foreigner in a foreign land. He had no idea where he was going, but God led him to the places, to the people. Listen, we have traveled well over 20,000 miles this past year. We've had so many divine appointments. We've seen people, uh, we've had, you know, words for people at restaurants, you know, we, my, my son David and Casey and the kids, they went to a botanical gardens just down the road here the other day, met this woman and began to just share the love of Jesus with her. She starts crying. She, she was a believer, but she was crying because she recently lost her daughter. And, and, and David shared a word with her and just began to speak words of life. And she was so encouraged by that. Friend, I want to tell you, we can be effective even if you're a foreigner in a foreign land. And when my family came back to the U.S., we almost felt like foreigners <laughs> because even though we, we are from America, you know, and we don't look Filipino, man, we're Filipino at heart. And, and so we love when we go to Asian restaurants, when somebody cooks us rice and things like that, right? And in fact, listen to this. On Tuesday night for the men's meeting here, there's probably about 30 plus men that normally come to that. Casey is going to be helping make a huge Filipino meal, and we're all excited about it. We can't wait to share that with these guys. Let me, let me get on to the message here. You guys doing okay? Okay, you said yes. Praise God. So I'm going to continue. But listen, why should we live missional lifestyles? Why should we be? Because listen, Jesus says we're the light of the world, and, and, and we need to continue to shine, be surrendered, and live faithful lives. You know, over the years, as we come back to the States, we always want to get back to the Philippines as quick as possible because we're called to missions, man. We love the mission field. And there's two songs that we would always sing. It was, country road, take me home to the place. I belong West Virginia. And then we would say, Davao City. <laughs> you know, so we'd sing that song. And then there's another one, and that was by John Denver. And then there's another song by Rich Mullins. It's called You Did Not Have a Home. And it, and it talks about how Jesus didn't have a place to lay his head, you know, and didn't have a home. So our new favorite song is Sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> Praise God. Listen to this. I want to give you an acronym 
for from the word effective. Is that okay? Let's uh, let's look at it here. That next slide. Acronym from the word effective, and and John, you'll need to key down each one as I go through it. First one is E, and it stands for even when you cannot be where you want to be, you need to be all where God has you. Amen. Listen, friend, you got to be all in wherever you are. You may not want to be in the situation that you're in right now, but I want to tell you, you got to be all there. You got to be focused. Look, we're still focused on the Philippines. I communicate with Pauline every week. And, you know, we've been teaching the students on two, uh, Wednesday and Thursday nights here. And, and that which, you know, over there, I think it was like Thursday and Friday mornings and communicating with folks and doing live videos and stuff as much as we can. Listen, no matter where you are, you got to be all focused. You know, don't, don't always be dreaming about where you want to be and, and, and not being effective where you are. Let's look at the next one. F, frequent changes are God's way to not only stretch you, but to show you that he still trusts you. What does that mean? God loves to show off what he has put on the inside of his sons and daughters. He wants to demonstrate through you. That means God gets glory when you and I trust him through situations that are changing and that we have no control over. But it shows us that God trusts us. Friend, I want to be one like you do that God trusts. Amen? Let's, let's be trustworthy. Next, F, foreigners are not only people outside of their home country, but people who live for Jesus. Friend, if you're going to love Jesus, look, this world is, is going to be different. You're not going to fit in. You're not of this world anymore. You know, you're, you're from another kingdom now. And because of that, it's, it means we're going to, you know, not fit in like everybody else does. We have to give ourselves over to the Lord. And let's look at E, encouragement always comes from your life. Encouragement always comes from your life when your goal is to share new testimonies. You know, if I'm being effective, no matter where I am, I have new testimonies. In fact, God continues to amaze us on how he provides. I just told you about how the Lord provided $8,000, you know, for us to be able to send to the Philippines, rebuild homes. I mean, it's just been amazing. Uh, We've had so many divine appointments actually this next month, uh, March 31st through uh, April 27th, please pray for us. We've had an open invitation to go to Hawaii for some years now by our good friends, Rod and Marion Hall, who we knew from the Browns of Revival days. They've actually started a school of ministry there called the Ekbalo School of Ministry. It was a school uh, ministry that vision that was started by Lou Engel. And they have one, I think, in uh, California. And then they start another one in Hawaii some years back. And our good friends, Rod and Marion, actually helped start and pioneer in Kona, Hawaii, right near the YWAM base there, international base. And so they've been inviting us to come to Hawaii for years, but we just never 
felt like we could or that the Lord would allow us to. And this past year, they invited us and we felt the Lord say to go. And so now our family's going to Hawaii. He's provided the money for the plane tickets and and is providing still for the needs that we'll have when we get there. But I, we're, you know what's going to happen? We're going to minister in a school ministry. I'm going to teach on revival. Kate's going to teach on the book of Romans and uh, Israel and then for two weeks. And then we're going to be there for one month. And then they told us there's a bunch of Filipino peoples that live there. And there's a couple of Filipino churches that want us to come work with them and help win Filipinos to the Lord. Friend, that means everything to us. There, it's been hard to find Filipinos as we've been traveling because most people are, you know, still real sensitive to things depending on what state you're in. But God knows. And, and we're going to do that and then we'll come back. We, we want to have new testimonies no matter where we are. And then see, critical people always have too much time in their hands when they worry about what's happening in the lives of others. Friend, listen. If you're caught up with Jesus, you're not going to have time to be critical. You're going to have time to share testimonies, but not be critical. And not talk about what should and shouldn't happen and blame other people. Listen, just continue to take responsibility. Continue to enjoy your relationship with God. Grow up, mature through this whole thing. Come out on the other side of this tunnel, shining even brighter than you went in. Amen? Uh, T. Trains never stop when they're on track. They just keep moving forward. We're talking about being effective. Look, if you got, uh, you know, I saw a video the other day of a truck that pulled in front of a train, a really big truck, but that train wasn't going to stop and wasn't going to slow down. It just boom and barreled right through. When the enemy puts blockades in your way, friend, Run him over. Don't, don't get caught up with it. And Because if you're staying on track with Jesus, nothing's going to take you off track. I'm telling you, the enemy can't take you off track. We take ourselves off. We check out. We want to get off and, and, and do our own thing and lead our own path. But look, we got to stay on track with Jesus and keep moving forward. Paul says, forget the things which are behind, press on. Amen? Uh, I, intercession and prayer must become a foundation of your ministry and life. I cannot say that enough. We, we have prayer that we've uh, started here on Sunday afternoons, and it seems like more people are praying. And even the past 48 hours here at the church, they've had an inner uh, church uh, worship event where different church worship teams are coming, been leading for the last 48 hours straight. It's just awesome, man, to see people diving into prayer. And, and, and let me take this down a notch for you individually, is that if all you do is watch more TV and waste more time on your phone, friend, I love you and accept this with love, but you need to get a life in Jesus. Look, I understand if you're doing stuff for work and, and, and there's nothing wrong with watching videos or movies and stuff like that. But if, if you could sit there and watch videos and TV and movies and stuff for hours, but you can't take 15 minutes with Jesus. I mean, it, we're never going to be effective that way. If we're full of the world, we'll never be effective towards the world. But if we're full of the Spirit, we're going to be effective 
again, I don't care if you watch a movie and, and, and have fun with your family and stuff and have downtime and stuff. Friend, prioritize Jesus. We should be going deeper, not farther away. Amen? V, victorious living is always possible with Jesus no matter where you are. No matter if I'm in the Philippines, Japan, or some state in the U.S. Uh, look, we've slept in more beds of different locations, of different homes. Uh, right now, we're staying in an RV, which is kind of like a travel trailer. It's not something they have in the Philippines, but it's kind of small, but it's a blessing. A brother here in the, in the city owns an RV lot, and he gave us this RV to use while we're here. And it's a blessing for our family. We're staying in the back of the church, and we can use the facilities to pray, and we use the Wi-Fi, the kitchen. And I mean, we got to live victorious no matter what the situation. We've had where people have us stay in their home. They have this beautiful home. And one, a couple of ladies during our entire trip this past year, they just gave us their home to stay for a week and went and stayed somewhere else. Friend, whatever. I mean, we've stayed in hotels. We've stayed in so many different situations. I, I would love to sleep in my bed in the Philippines. But if I can, I'm not going to get all crabby about it. Neither is Casey or the kids. I mean, they're amazing. Why? Because we choose to live victorious no matter where we are. Every day, abundant life is sustained by sacrificial living. If you want to continue to live uh, an effective life, an abundant life in Jesus, you got to keep laying yourself down and saying, God, it's not about me, it's about you. The more we starve our flesh and feed our spirit, the more effective we will be. Listen, in closing today, you know, I want, I want to share this with you. You see this last slide here. I hope you all can see it right there. Uh, uh, let me share something before I read that quote in the scripture. But last week, we had to take one of, we had a van that we bought when we first came to the States, a Honda van, and the transmission went out at the end of last year. So that's kind of expensive. We've been trying to find somebody to, to get it fixed. So where we are in Dothan, Alabama is two-hour drive from Pensacola, Florida. So we took it to Pensacola, and I we were staying with some friends there, and we said, uh, let's take the kids by Brownsville Church. So you see Brownsville Church, uh, the big brown building in the top uh, photo on the left side. And we said, let's go there. Nobody, we didn't think there were any meetings or anything. We just wanted to see if somebody would let us in. And this little lady, Miss Shirley, and another lady who was there let us in. They were so excited for us to drop in. Uh, I don't know that all our kids have actually been inside the building before. They've seen the outside, and they gave us a tour. You see the big pulpit next to uh, the church building there. That's the pulpit that Steve Hill used to preach from all the time. And then you see the picture underneath the brown building. That is uh, Brownsville Church inside. I took one picture from the back to the front. And it was so nice being there. And we had a divine appointment with Miss Shirley. And she shared with us how she was at the church before revival took place on Father's Day of 1995, how they prayed for revival. And uh, you can watch that video later if you want. It's on my Facebook, just scrolling uh, back some uh, 
maybe a week or two. And then within the same week, we came back to Dothan after we dropped our vehicle off. And Casey and the girls went on a weekend retreat with a bunch of women from the church here. And we heard that Lendl Cooley, who was the worship leader during the Brownsville Revival, was going to be speaking at John Kilpatrick's church. John Kilpatrick was the pastor of Brownsville, but then he went and started another church about 45 minutes west of Pensacola in a place uh, just before Mobile, Alabama. It's called Daphne, Alabama. And he went over there and we, and I thought, man, it'd be great while the girls are away. I'll drive the boys over there. So we took a three hour drive and, and, and spent the night there. But we went to the meeting that night, Lendl led worship. It was so powerful. And Pastor Kilpatrick preached. And, and while we're listening to it all at the end, well, Lendl Cooley actually prayed for Jonathan and David and, and, oh man, I was so blessed. I'm like, wow, God, you, you continue to help us to be effective. You give us divine appointments and do so many things. And so we drive back that Saturday afternoon and we come back to Dothan and Casey comes back from the retreat with the girls. And then about six, 5 p.m., we hear that there's another worship leader in town, only seven minute drive down from where we're staying at a church. And her name is Lydia Morrow. You can look her up online. She's a powerful worship leader and preacher. And uh, Lydia actually helped lead uh, worship for another revival that John Kilpatrick, God used him and some other people called the Bay of the Holy Spirit uh, some years back after Brownsville. Uh, in Mobile, not as big as Brownsville, but a lot of healing took place there. And we only got to go to one of those meetings, um, but they did those for some years. Um, and Lydia was the worship leader. Um, and so we never met her, but we thought, wow, she's seven minutes down the road tonight. And, and so Casey and I went with Pastor Jason and Kim, and we went over there and uh, we got to meet Lydia after and talk. I had so much in common, knew so many common people from Revival Days. And then last night, we heard that John Kilpatrick was going to speak at a church an hour and a half away. And so we went and we met John Kilpatrick last night, all within a week's time. Why am I sharing this with you guys? Because, friend, there's no way that we could have organized that we would be in Dothan, Alabama, in the sweet spot of the will of God. There's no way. Uh, if, if we had given up and thought, Oh, we're, we're not going to be effective. You know, life is so hard and we want to go back to the Philippines and all these things. We would, we would miss all the divine appointments that God has had along the way. Listen, something Pastor Kilpatrick said last night. He said, there's some things you need to pray over, some things you need to prophesy over, some things you need to bless. Man, that word really hit me and was very powerful. You know, some things we just need to pray and say, God, lead us, guide us, direct us. Uh, you know, Lord, we thank you for what you've done. And we pray. Now the things we need to declare in the name of Jesus, I command this wall to come down. We need to prophesy. We, we command the enemy to let his hands off of our finances. We command healing. We prophesy in the name of Jesus. And then other times we, we just say, Lord, we bless you. And we bless others during this time. Look, I don't know what's going on in your life right now. But I know this. You're in the sweet spot of the will of God. Amen. James 5.16 says, Therefore confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other so that you may be healed. 
The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Do you want your prayers to be effective? Do you want to be effective for the kingdom of God? Friend, if you're living in sin, you can't be effective. You got to humble yourself before Jesus and say, God, I, I, I need you. Please forgive me. Confess your faults to one another so you may be healed. Confess it to Jesus. Leave him right now in the name of Jesus. Pour out your heart to the Lord and just begin to tell him, Father, I need you. Forgive me. I, I repent for uh, the attitude that I've had. Lord, I, I, I want to be clean. I want to be holy. I want to be pure. I want to uh, honor you. You know, I don't want to get caught up in this world system. I want to be caught up in your kingdom. Praise God. Let's be effective agents of change. You know, it's so refreshing that when your steps are ordered of the Lord, that he continues to fill our hunger with more of his presence. He breathes on us the destiny he has for our lives, and he empowers us with his manifested glory to keep us going after him. Listen, guys, can't say it enough. We miss you. We love you. You know, when I saw that picture in the beginning of the moms uh, in the feeding program and they had their hands over their faces and they're crying because they lost their homes. But when I saw our leaders, the Filipino leaders, laying their hands on them, I, I began to cry. I began to cry because, you know, our whole ministry and life in the Philippines we never wanted to make it about us. We only wanted to make it about Jesus. We, always, we only want to see those from among us restore ancient ruins of revival, of people's lives, of the church, of homes destroyed by fires. Friend, we've ministered and in garbage dumps in the Philippines. We ministered on the streets. I've ministered to prostitutes and transvestites. We've ministered on airplanes and buses and ships in jungles in the city and parks and conferences. Friend, all I can tell you is that we absolutely love the Philippines. And yeah, it's been hard being away. But there's something inside of me that burns for Jesus. And if you burn for Jesus, friend, then no matter where you are, you got to burn all for him. Don't hold back. Give everything to Jesus. He's so worthy of it all. Listen, I'm going to pray for you guys and let you go. We love you. We're proud of you. I don't know when we'll be able to get back there, but when we do, I can't wait to give you guys a hug and have a big party together. Amen. Listen, uh, before I pray, I want to give one announcement. Please join us online. Uh, it will be March 26, and it will be, I think, 8 a.m. for you guys on Saturday, March 26th, I believe that is for you, that we'll have our second Revival Cry International Gathering. 
At the end of last year, the Lord's actually given us a name for our ministry. Um, it's called Revival Cry International. And we're so excited. We never could come up with a name and didn't want to just come up with a name. Um, but you can like our page on Facebook. It's the hat sign Revival Cry International. I think some of you probably already have liked it, but please like it. I'll put it here in the comments here so that you can uh, get a hold of it. But please join us um, on that uh, Saturday morning live. Uh, I would love to have a bunch of Filipinos joining us. We're, we felt like the Lord spoke to us to join with this church, uh, with churches in Auburndale, Florida. Uh, we'll be coming live from Move Church. And we're, we're just, I'll be preaching on revival. We'll be worship. I think David might even be leading a song or two. And uh, I know that it'll be a blessing if you guys can be live with us at that time. So we love you guys. God bless you. And uh, we hope to see you soon. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for joining us. Keep in touch with us via Facebook by going to facebook.com slash mfcdvo or search for Maranatha Family Church Davo on Facebook, where we also stream our church services. Again, that's facebook.com slash mfcdvo. God bless.